0: Hi, this is Steve Urspringer. You're listening to Worshiping God God's Way. We are continuing in this podcast to talk about the altar of the Lord. We, in the previous podcast, have talked about what that altar is, who that altar is, and now when we look at it in this podcast, we're going to be talking about it through the eyes of Paul. We want to hear what Paul says about the altar that we come to and what is actually at that altar what is it supposed to be to us now that we're in the New Testament now that we're in this new age and we're no longer walking through or journeying through the Old Testament while we read stories about Moses and David and Solomon You know, we've talked about those altars and those experiences, and if you want to grasp the depth of God, the strength of God, and at that time in history, the powerful seriousness of the altar of God, read those stories about Solomon, read about Hezekiah and David, and you'll find out that that altar of God was a very serious, wonderful place. But when you read the story about the altar through what Paul's eyes are seeing, you will see the same thing. And what do I mean by that is when Paul talks to us about the altar of the Lord, he starts off really by saying that we've come to Mount Zion. In Hebrews, he immediately establishes a fact that Mount Zion is a real place It's a city where God lives, where angels are. It's a heavenly Jerusalem, and it is an actual place where people are activated in ministering to the Lord and worshiping him. That's the place that we come to. He says it's supposed to be a joyful gathering of angels. It's supposed to be that. And that's what he wants us to understand, that it's not just a place of being afraid of the fire of God coming out of the altar, even though that is a real thing. He said, it's now to us a joyful place. There are thousands and thousands of angels there. You know, you have come to a church, and he uses the word Ecclesia. He said, this is where you, the church, the people of God, this is what you're coming to. So when I go to a church service, I'm thinking about Mount Zion. I'm not thinking or wanting a first century church. I don't want to just be stuck in the third century or the fourth century. I don't want those services. I want to be in this Mount Zion, heavenly Jerusalem church where we see God and all that are there interacting together. Now, that's a big stretch for us because now in the 21st century, in this new church age, we don't really remember the experiences that Paul is talking about. Matter of fact, they're far from our imagination. So we have to recall that imagination. And Paul says it like this. He says, Jesus... He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same for all time. And as Christians, we cheer when we hear that. But do you know we're cheering for an altar that we don't understand? And so Paul says, he says, we have an altar. It's Jesus. Don't be swept away by strange teachings Don't just fall to people's concepts of what religion and what church and what meetings are supposed to be. He says, listen, stick to the the facts that Jesus is the same, that God is the same, heavenly Jerusalem is the same, and we have an altar that we come to. When we talk about this altar, you immediately talk about worship. He says this, you know, you've are receiving, when you come to Jesus, a kingdom that you can't shake. You can't shake it loose. And you can't replace it with mystical things or strange teachings. This is a kingdom in Jesus that no one can shake. He said, so let's be thankful about that. And then in verse 28, he says, then we can worship God in a way that's pleasing to him. So, That says two things to me. I need to know what the word worship is there. And I also need to understand that God is pleased when he sees these things taking place. The word worship, this Greek word in this verse is latario. It doesn't mean to bow down. It means to stand and serve at a table. To come to the table of the Lord and serve there. And later on he says we have an altar. So when you read this scripture and you see the word worship, you're just going to assume it means bowing down, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying with deep respect, with heartfelt love and concern, you come and you stand at the altar of the Lord and you minister to him there. And that's why he says in verse 28, then we can worship God in a way that pleases him. We can serve him in a way that pleases him. He says, let us, again, serve him with deep respect and wonder. Because he reminds us that, God is like a fire that could burn everything up. And he's referring to what's coming in the future. He's referring to past altars. He's referring to that characteristic of God that could do serious damages if he so choose to do that. But in Jesus, he's telling us that we've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, that that place that according to the prophetic word to David, we stand in today. So when I look at the church today, I look at the people that I know personally and that I have known for years and gone to church with over many years and many decades. It's so surprising to me when they can show up at a service, they can sit down and relax and recline and bask in God's presence. That isn't what worship is, nor is it what God is asking us to do As a church, he says this, you've come to the church of God's people there to come to that altar and minister to me. Now, what takes place? Does fire come out of that altar? Is it something we see? Uh, In Solomon's temple when they celebrate the Ark of the Covenant coming in for the first time and all of a sudden God's presence is so thick and heavy that there's no room for anyone to stand? Is that what happens for with us? What Paul was seeing when the church gathered together at that invisible altar before the invisible Jesus, there was a invisible manifestation of God's presence. It wasn't a fire necessarily, it was the Holy Spirit beginning to move in people's lives. And you can read about those things in Corinthians and Ephesians. You can read about the giftings and you can determine what you think those mean and how they fit into the church and how they fit into your life. But Paul was seeing it for the very first time in his life, and he's recognizing it as a reflection as a ministry that's coming from and to the people who are at that altar. God is sharing his presence, bringing his purposes and his plan into people's lives through these giftings. He comes with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and as people minister to him, as it says in Acts, that they moved in the Holy Spirit and they think things took place. Well, Paul starts to notice that God is doing other things as well, and he recognizes that Godness that's coming to people through the Holy Spirit, that is what happens at the altar. So for me and the way I see things, this is how I feel about it and I would like to hear what you guys think, but when I come before the Lord with a group of people, I'm standing there with a group of Levitical priests, priests who are coming Royal priests are coming to minister to the Lord at the altar of the Lord and waiting in his presence. And when I do that, I have never been in a service like that where God hasn't responded through something or some way, some gift, some thought, some song, some miracle. Something takes place because God responds to those who come to minister to him. And like Paul said, you know, you need to find out what pleases him. Well, ministering to him and serving, not just sitting, he's looking for people who are coming to wait at his holy table in his holy presence in a place called the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the city of David. We have to grasp that idea. It's hard for us today because it's so far back. It's so long ago. When you look at the Old Testament and you see the moments in history where there were revivals taking place and which out of those I think six kings experienced revival, there was a long distance of time between them. We as a people, the church of God, those who believe in Jesus and are walking and doing the best they can to serve him and seeing a lot of wonderful things take place, we have to realize that God is doing something new and we might have to go back a few hundred years to pick it up. Now what I'm saying here is that our churches are based on a historical church history and if you can only go back four or five hundred years in north america you would see revivalists you'd see what they did we base a lot of our meetings on the revivalists like charles finney and and you can list them all from that point on and the revivalist platform is really a what we've adopted into our service, along with the idea of the synagogue and how they were structured. So now we don't really have a temple. We don't really have an altar. We have a podium for the purpose of preaching the word. But when we take the altar of God, the presence of God, the power of God, and we replace it with a ministry, then we find ourselves losing sight of what pleases God and what he's been looking for, and he continually waits from generation to generation for the people who will come and wait in that place. And I'm not talking about those who are relaxing and sitting back just soaking it all in. I'm talking about the people that he waits for are the ones that are going to come to him and minister to him, like in Ezekiel 44, and like what Paul's saying in the book of Hebrews. We come to him to minister to him at his altar, and there's a couple things. Number one, he does what he wants, God can do whatever he wants at that altar, he's waiting for us to be there. But the final word, the final experience, if that's what you want to call it, is based on him, what he does. And he is not short of amazing miracle things. If you get hung up on the miracle part, you might miss God completely. If you keep your mind set on who God is and ministering to him, you're probably going to experience more than you can imagine. But God is waiting for us to come to the altar. So what takes place At this altar, two things. People stand or they bow. They minister to the Lord or they worship Him. They come to Him and they worship God God's way. That's what takes place at the altar of God.